0: We are in the season of Advent. What is Advent, you might ask? It's a season of expectation and anticipation leading up to the Christmas holiday that represents the incarnation of Christ. Now that sounds kind of heady, but what it really means is God came, took on human form, dwelt among us, through that experience lived a sinless life, died for our sins, rose victorious, And in that, we have our hope. It's just that simple. And during this time of consumerism and commercialism, it's easy to lose that. And obviously, we want to be able to love our fellow humans and have a good time and get together as a family. But Advent is designed first and foremost to make sure that we don't forget and miss the point of this important holiday season. God deserves more than just one morning where we open up presents and maybe go to church service. This season allows us to have a time of reflection and introspection and examine ourselves, our faith and give God the glory that he is due for his gift of salvation and the hope we have in him. You may be in a church that participates in Advent. Others don't and it's okay, it is optional. But within this season, there's beautiful imagery that really helps prepare our hearts for the Christmas season and the coming of Christ. The first instances of Advent are usually traced to about 4th or 5th century AD, with it becoming a part of the Catholic tradition in the 6th century. But most of what we are experiencing today is clearly came from the Middle Ages, and these specific themes have been refined from generation to generation and should be used primarily for devotional purposes. The candles and order change from denomination to denomination and tradition to tradition. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but for the sake of this program and for the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to follow a simple pattern of the hope candle, also called the prophecy candle, harkens to Isaiah and it prophesies the birth of Christ, and it symbolizes a season of anticipation waiting for the coming Messiah. Next week, we'll do the peace candle, which is also referred to as the angel candle. Luke two fourteen says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and also emphasizes Jesus as the prince of peace. From there, we'll do the joy candle, which is the shepherd's candle. This is to remind us of the world's joy at the birth of Jesus. And then finally, we'll end with the love candle, which talks about Christ's love for us and how he we have hope in him. This is going to be a powerful season, and I hope that you will join us. But today we begin with the Prophecy and or Hope Candle. Speaking of hope, there are images in Advent that are amazing. One of those images is darkness. As children, we're afraid of the dark. We're afraid because we can't see. You ask most children, they'll think maybe monsters live under the bed or in the closet, and they have to constantly be reassured. Sometimes we put nightlights throughout the room and the hallways to help guide them. It also helps us as adults to keep us from tripping as we have to get up in the middle of the night as well. Friend, the light pierces the darkness, and what we are anticipating during the Advent season is the coming of the light of the world. John 1 begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. From this passage, again, it alludes the fact that God comes in human form from the beginning, but yet he comes, God with us, Emmanuel. And we're going to talk about that name for just a second. Let's first set up the setting in which this takes place. Israel has been in a season of waiting for hundreds of years, waiting for the Messiah, sitting underneath the oppression of Roman rule, having their freedoms and their identity as people constantly challenged and undermined. Darkness signifies the separation of humanity from God. And also, waiting is a significant theme as they wait for that light to come to give hope, to pierce the darkness. Ralph Waldo Emerson once mused how much of human life is lost in waiting. What we learn as Christians is waiting, while it seems pointless, is useful when directed towards God and his purposes and his plans. It puts us in a posture of anticipation that allows us to hope, not verb hope, like I hope things work out, but noun hope, like the hope that I have in Christ. Christmas season is a reminder of those things so that we not only have hope ourselves, but we give that same hope to others. The first candle of Advent is the hope candle. Romans 15:13 says, May the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The first candle of the Advent season sets the tone for the rest. Our posture is not much different than that of Israel. Couldn't we use some hope right now? Americans find themselves in a season of cultural and political disagreement with one another. These disagreements make the holidays a time of anxiety and stress. Furthermore, many people enter the holidays in a time of grief, anger, and difficult circumstances. It's challenging to think of hope when you find yourself feeling powerless, discouraged, or even depressed. Recalling his experiences in Nazi concentration camp, Viktor Frankl argued that the loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect on a man. When people lose the ability to look forward, they become paralyzed and settle into negativity and atrophy. Hope is an appropriate topic for our present culture. Luke 1 is a passage commonly associated with the week of Advent because it restores hope for a discouraged and waiting people. Before these events, Israel has been in a season of silence and waiting for hundreds of years. It would be easy for them to give up hope to feel forsaken by God, or for them to doubt God's promises. In this passage, however, we see preparation for Christ's arrival using the least likely settings, people, and circumstances. Often lost in the holiday parade of shepherds, angels, and livestock is an elderly couple that will have a significant contribution to the coming of Jesus Christ. Zachariah and Elizabeth become parents of John the Baptist, well beyond childbearing years and to their astonishment in this passage we see zachariah express disbelief that god is going to allow him to realize the dream of parenthood let alone be a contributor to the fulfillment of prophecy as a father later in life myself i can empathize with zachariah's disbelief but god's plans are better than our plans and he can use us in spite of our shortcomings for his glory This John the Baptist that was born of these circumstances becomes the chief herald of Jesus Christ. Mark 1 opens with him saying, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I will send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. This week of Advent is a season of preparation. We are preparing ourselves for the coming Christ. We're switching our attitudes from despair and disbelief and discouragement to hope and joy. We can't do that ourselves, but we can do it in Christ. Christ transforms us through his grace. The light shining in the darkness can overcome the darkness in our life if we just believe. Imagine life without that light. Imagine the waiting that went on. Each week, I'm going to feature a different Christmas carol that ties in with our subject of the week. This week, I chose O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is an amazing piece because, first of all, unlike most of the cheerful Christmas carols that we sing, it's in a minor key. Why is it in a minor key? That haunting melody of this hymn reflects the yearning and the hope of a people who were discouraged. Who were undermined, who were living in a sense of fear, living in oppression, yet hoped and waited for the coming Christ. Shall come to thee. There are many different versions of the song O come, O Come, Emmanuel. But the text goes, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. And then it goes on to say, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. God with us shall come to thee, O Israel. It talks about the rod of Jesse, the day spring from on high, the key of David and Adonai, and the intimacy and the fulfillment of prophecy, all lies in the workings of this hymn that gives a rich and amazing experience in terms of understanding the longing and the yearning. Perhaps today your posture is the same. You're in a posture of yearning and waiting for better times ahead. You are processing through difficult life journeys, or maybe even doubt and despair, because the holidays are either some of the happiest times in our life, but for many, it's some of the loneliest and most depressing times because it seems that your issues are happening amid everyone else's perceived cheerfulness. Well, friend, I have hope for you today, that Christ came, that incarnation happened, and that, that hope is available to you, friend. That you do not have to live your life like that hymn in a posture of hopelessness and yearning and hoping as in a verb, but not hope as a noun. That hope awaits today if you'll believe. The reason for the hope candle not only points to the birth of our Savior, but it also reminds us that God is still working. When we are willing to yield, to His purpose and His timing, He can use us beyond our limits and expectations. This week, I hope as we continue in this Advent process, you can draw near to Him and you can know that you have the hope of Christ in your life. Friend, as we sign off today, I just want to offer you a word of encouragement. I don't know what your circumstances are, I don't know how you're doing this season, but there is hope in Christ. Romans chapter 12, 9 through 21 talks about the marks of a true Christian, and it says in verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And my friend, that is my encouragement for you today is that you can rejoice in hope. We have hope, and sometimes we have to lean on our prayer life, and sometimes we have to trust and have faith, but God is faithful, and he is sovereign and we have much to look forward to in this life. As we look towards this holiday season that can have mixed emotions, I encourage you to keep your eyes on Christ this season. Thanks for joining me today. Next week, we will light the peace candle, and I hope you can join us then. We'll see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.